got the fever. I got the World Cup fever. I love Women's <laughs> World Cup because unlike the Men's World Cup, the U.S. dominates the Women's World Cup. Uh, there's a few other countries that are competitive, but certainly Thailand is not one of them. <laughs> Thirteen to nothing. Thirteen to nothing. Like that's fuck. like baseball kind of scores. That thirteenth goal came in overtime. Like, why the fuck did they give him overtime? Well, and it's funny because like. I, I was telling Bree when the score was just, it kept going up and up and up and up. I was sitting in a meeting and he's like, five to zero, six to zero, seven to zero, eight to zero. I'm like, what the hell? So, but I was telling her, I'm like, they're not going to stop. Like, they're going to keep going because the points matter. Like, the goal differential can, can be a huge determiner later in tiebreakers and, and seeding in, into the next round and stuff like that. I'm like, so Did they have a goalie? Um. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> most of the U.S. team at the end of the game. It went was me. Most of the most of the U.S. team at the end of the game kind of consoled her. Like it's not your fault. We're just that good. Like kind of like <laughs> like you could tell they were definitely like it's cool. Just everyone has bad games. It's not all your fault. Like basically your team sucks. But you could tell they were like trying to make them feel better. <laughs> for what that was worth man that was fucking crazy we'll uh we'll talk a little bit more about women's world cup later but i just wanted to start off the show uh saying like usa usa america america that's great america. That's, how do you not talk about that it just happened uh, anyway this is the new utah podcast not u.s women's world cup soccer podcast um although it sounds like it could be babe well i mean no no, I'm not that. I'm not that versed in soccer. Um, I'm pretty versed, but I'm not podcast versed. Um, <clears throat> there's other podcasts for that. But uh, this is a show about Utah, uh, of which there are a lot of of Utah players uh, on the World Cup. But we'll talk about that as well. Um, maybe in news, uh, episode one fifty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred and fifty nine. I forget to give the episode number sometimes because it's on the thing, and I have to write it down and. I've fucked it up a couple times, so. Uh, <laughs> Only once. So, in the last two days, two more fences have been hit on hit on sixty two hundred here. Really? And so, not at yours. least they're on the corners, though. No, like, no, only one of them was on the corner. The other one was like right in the middle of the road, just again. like ours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I didn't come up sixty second today. And I don't fifty six. I don't have any idea how that one happened, but like, car was in the middle of their fucking yard because they don't have probably the same way ours did. Pretty crazy shit. But, like, demolished fences, like, at some point, the county's got to put a wall up, right? Like, Something. to protect the houses? I don't I, know. I feel like I need to find out who I talk to. I've gone to, like, the Cairns website, but it sucks. And I, I really do want to find who I need to talk to here in Kearns who would be in charge of that. Because, one, I just, I think we deserve a sound wall. They have them along 56. You probably have to petition the council. You have to but go to council. But I think just a sa for safety's sake that it should be the town council's job to have a barrier that keeps a vehicle from flying into your backyard, especially now in the summertime. Like, what if there were little kids in the backyard? Well, or on the sidewalk. Yeah, just wait till you try to turn left out of my neighborhood, too. That fucking, the corner house there, off of uh, that street at the top there. Oh, yeah. The fence, they have like a half fence that goes for some reason to the edge of their property line. You know, we have the grapevine that runs all along the back, uh, pretty much the whole span of, of the uh, the street. 
Well, the grapevine is so heavy, it is actually, and I don't know if it's the grapevine or if the fence was damaged, but now the fence is leaning over and, like, obscuring the entire sidewalk, and you cannot fucking see past it. You pretty much have to nose out into the outside lane to see. Yeah, it's really, really not safe at all. So there's that as well. Um, But that was was my week so far. Um, Not very exciting. uh, (laughs) None of those things actually happened to us. Although I, the insurance might have some stuff settled. And if your guy comes through this week, Jeremy, for the retaining wall, we might actually get our get fence fixed. Awesome. Well, well, we might get it on the books. Nothing's getting fixed for a couple months, probably. It's busy right. season. I was actually reading an article about that, too, because it's so busy that people are having a lot of trouble doing home improvement projects because there's no contractors. Yeah. For little jobs. That's actually been happening for years. No, no, but I mean, like, no contractors, period. Even for big remodels and stuff, yep. people can't find them. Yep. It's, it's it, yes. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to say it. So anyway, but Jeremy, you had some uh, vehicle, vehicle problems. problems. All right, so let's start with, so Saturday, so the truck was due for safety and emissions and oil change. Not safety anymore. Just emissions. Emissions registration so is mine and an oil change so i thought all right let's run it in there usually they're pretty quick they'll have it for an hour maybe two we'll get it back so take it in sure enough hour and a half two hours they call up truck's ready i show up i, go, I get in i go to leave it doesn't start like i thought my truck was ready bitches it doesn't start so i tried it and I, so i go back in and i'm like it won't start and they're like Oh, okay. Let's come take a look. So they test the battery. Nothing. They, they're like, Oh, has it got gas in it? I'm like, yeah, check for yourselves. Gauge is almost to the top. So they try a handful of things in the parking lot. They have one of the technicians come out. He is looking at it. They're going back and forth. They're like, well, we're, you know, we're really sorry, but we, we're not sure what it is. So. You'll have to leave. Cause How the fuck did they say it's okay to go? And then does it start? I don't know. Start? I don't know. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I leave. Um, it's like the, almost the end of the day so they close on at six on saturday so it's like 5 30 and i call and i'm like oh no wait a minute, let me back up sorry i gotta back up slightly well whilst we're out doing our stuff the check engine light in the van comes on Ugh, yuck so same that's day, a brand new fucking van check dude. engine light comes on and i so what we're saying is okay well, when we go pick up the truck for real this time we'll leave the van well the day comes almost to an end so i call and they're like well the starter coil arced and fried itself and they said the casing is melted. So we know in that's... Van? In, no, oh, in, in the van? No, in truck. the truck. So, Holy shit. So we'll, we got to order the new part, but you're our first priority Monday morning. So I'm like, ah, great. So Monday morning... Do they think it was tied to what they were doing with it or just random? Uh, well, so what he, what the tech guy said is it's probably been going out for a long time. It just so happens that... It just picked then to do it. It just picked then. But hey, I guess at least it was in the parking lot of the car shop. So anyway, so... Monday rolls around, around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. They call, say it's ready. So we go pick it up, leave the van. I take the truck back. Um, go go throughout our day. The van's done. We go pick up the van, bring the van back. What was wrong with what the was, van? Yeah, what was wrong with the van? Uh, sensor. Oh. Fuel sensor. So they had to replace the fuel sensor. So that was... <laughs> That's why my life's been on since October. <laughs> 300 bucks. It's frustrating. So anyway, so, I, so we, we go to do our mowing Monday night. Hook the trailer up. I go to start the truck. Won't start. <gasps> I'm like, oh my lord! Won't start. Won't start. Won't start. So I get the take the trailer off, and we're like, okay, if we can get a start, let's get it back to the shop. So I get it to start. I try to pull out of my neighborhood as soon as I give it the gas. It dies. 
Luckily, one of our neighbors comes by, tows it back to our house, and I am like, you've got to be kidding me. So we, we take it to Burt Brothers, and Heather is friends with the owner's wife. So she calls the owner's wife and is like, we've had this, you guys had this thing all weekend. We've paid over $600 in repairs, and it's not working. So... To their credit, the owner of Burt Brothers came to my house this morning with his tech main tech guy. They towed it back, fixed it, which it ended up somehow the 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 spark plug wires fried in all of that. So they how do they not check that if you have fried your ignition coil with yeah. a, with a with an arc? How do they not check your spark plugs and the distributor cap and wires? So they replaced all of that. No charge and delivered the truck back to us. Yeah, that's yeah. You only got that treatment though because your wife is friends with them. Otherwise, they'd be like, "Bring it over." Maybe so, probably, no, but I, I don't think so. That was because really at that point, cool. it's 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 pretty much on them that they didn't well, actually I, test. The I car feel like properly. that they'll that they would test it and stuff, but I don't think that they would have like come over with text to his house. Yeah, so, oh no, that probably is. A, so they brought it back, delivered it back with the key. So so all in all, I, I was pleased, and they didn't charge us the. Obviously, I mean, but they didn't charge us the last go around, replaced everything again. Well, hopefully it was just the wires and the plugs. So I think so. Yeah. When they brought it back, it started right up. So well, keep your fingers crossed that it continues to do that. I guess. <laughs> that do it. So, yeah. So the truck, the car and then the truck again. That was that was my car weekend. So thousand dollars later between all of it. Yeah, Sean's check engine lights back on, too. We think it's the radiator, which is what we always thought it was when it was the transmission last time. No, it, it was the radiator's damage. It needed it's needed to be replaced forever. But I'm too lazy to go check the code right now. I'm, I don't want to put more money into that car yet. Yeah, we just replaced the transmission. So That's they fresh. actually did a good job too. When they, I mean, once they figured out what was actually wrong with it, they didn't charge us a dime for any of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally they did. under warranty. The so. second go around. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. So anyway, Burt Brothers. They, I I was frustrated. However, they redeemed themselves and. Got it all fixed, taken care of, and they, they personally, the, the owner of the company personally delivered it back to my house. So. They do it better, like the third time. Does it better on the third try. <laughs> third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Jess, so that was you, my weekend. Jess, you have a Facebook rant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same as same lines as a couple weeks ago. First verse, same yes. as the first. Yes. So, the second verse, same as the first. Oh, yeah. So first, everybody first knows that Justin same. Bieber was like, Tom Cruise, come and fight me in the octagon. And everyone was like, Justin Bieber, you're so stupid. So there have been a couple of memes going around with celebrities being like, like I'm in like the first one I saw was Danny DeVito. And then today I saw one and it was with Tom Cruise's handle, but it corrected his spell, his spelling because he used your instead of you are. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't tweet that often. And so I hopped on. I was totally fake. But people are spreading it. That's how fake news spreads. And then people are like, I didn't say that. I so, think it's funny. Tom so, Cruise is calling out Justin Bieber. No, Justin Bieber was like, come fight me, Tom Cruise, or you're a loser. And I'm like, clearly he's never seen a Mission Impossible movie because Tom Cruise does his own stunts and he would kick your ass. Nah, he's kind of a bitch. No, Tom Cruise would kick your ass. No, he's kind of a bitch. It's a Scientology thing. He's a bitch. It doesn't make him not strong. No, but maybe mentally, but not physically. Makes him a fucking moron. (laughs) Sorry, Scientologists that listen to this show. You can (laughs) you can sick your cronies after me. I'm I'm not doing your religion. L. Ron Hubbard's a kook. He writes some. He he writes great sci-fi. Not so much religion. (laughs) 
You guys all got fucking bamboozled. <laughs> Without a doubt, they got bamboozled, right? Mm. Scientologist. I'm well, it didn't have any. Tom Cruise. That's not gets what the story bamboozled. was about, though. It's okay. Totally derailed it. Happens every time. Well, the story was about idiots. Justin uh, Bieber. No. No, the story was about people who retweet, repost, spread things that aren't true. I really yeah. don't like the term fake news, period. I don't either, but that's fake, and it's creating a conversation in somebody's mouth that they didn't even say. That's true. Even though it's funny. It you doesn't matter. No, it's, you know what, though? Because I want to see Danny DeVito fight Justin Bieber. That would be rad. Danny DeVito would fucking kick his ass. I know. That, uh, I gotta say, though. But I really, like, I was like, Rita there's no, Perlman would kick I'm like, his there's ass. no way that he, that Tom Cruise twi- like tweeted Justin Bieber, even though celebrities tweeted each other all the time and it's rad so i went and looked and he hasn't even tweeted since mission impossible came out why the fuck would he tweet justin bieber justin bieber's a little bitch exactly and like exactly. super young like tom cruise that's is why i looked fucker. into it he's I too did my busy research he's too busy being quarantined on a fucking scientology cruise ship in the caribbean right? because of measles. are they still stuck there no i don't think so how about though speaking of <laughs> caribbean how about the fucking Dominican Republic serial killer? Wow, right? Uh, drug cartel. Nah, fuck yes. that. Not in Dominican. I think it's a serial killer. I don't think it's a drug no, cartel. No, they said it was a hit. That is what the statement yeah, was this morning. It was, no, 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 it was no. a hit. It was a hit. The shot was a hit. I'm talking about the fucking six <laughs> American tourists that have been Excuse killed oh, in resorts about David Ortiz. in the <laughs> I don't care about Ortiz. That's what I, I thought you were talking about. No. Yeah, gotta be more specific, dude. Yeah, that's, that totally, Too many shootings happening. By the there. way, that shooting of Ortiz Hashtag totally, not Utah. totally overshadows <laughs> the entire, like... There's six Americans that have died in two weeks in the Dominican Republic at resorts. Don't go to the Dominican Republic. From fucking questionable, like, they suspect probably poisoning now. Oh, yeah, the drinking. I saw that. I've always wanted to go there since you've gone there. David Ortiz, he's still alive, but he got shot and it was a professional hit. Fuck the guys that drank some poison and died. That was old news. David Ortiz was like yesterday. It's not old news. There's a fucking serial killer in Dominican Republic, I'm telling you. There's serial killers all over. Maybe it's the Zodiac killer. Maybe he moved down there. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz does not live Wait, in the Dominican Hold on. Republic. Is he on vacation there? Hold on. See, maybe Google he this. came out of retirement. He's too young. We already <laughs> had this conversation. Ted Cruz on vacation. He's too young. Let's see. Oh, shit. Ted Cruz is on vacation in the Dominican. He's been there for two weeks. <laughs> see? This is weird. This is weird. Ted Cruz. People, you should probably fact check that. <laughs> Snopes will not have anything I say on their site, I promise fact you. Fact check your tweets, too. Factcheck.org does not listen to our show. So, they might have to start with all of your bluster. So I didn't print it out. I don't know if you guys saw, but Green Urban Lunchbox had one of their vans stolen and Why? I did. I saw your post. When you reposted it, I saw that. Yeah. Total bummer yesterday. Stolen. That fucking sucks. Stolen and wrecked. and wrecked. Yeah. So they have a GoFundMe going and I had two grand this morning. I didn't check it before I came here, but. They're fucking charity. Why would someone are. do that? Well. I'm sure it was joyriding kids I hope if you crash it. the like, in the car. <laughs> Because you know that's a problem in the avenues. Like there's a been fucking problem here. I had a neighbor on ring is like the ultimate like neighbors are my neighbors are fucking idiots. They're the people, like they're like rubberneckers. Like the stupid lady that was rubbernecking today. They just I gotta see it and I gotta post it and I gotta talk about it. and I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm gonna do it. You have ring. You know what I'm talking about, Jeremy. It's insane. Yeah, like they post everything. They're like somebody ring more doorbell. We saw this. <laughs> 
th- yeah, like this dude yeah. walked up to my doorbell and rang it. Does anyone know who he is? It's sketchy. I'm like, yeah, he's probably a fucking salesman, you dipshit. They still exist. I don't know why, because no one's at home when they come to the door. But if you'd opened the door, you'd know. Well, it's like the other day when I <laughs> or last, just stick Chris on him. Last Thursday, we had a guy ring the the ring, and I'm sure Bree was home and was like, I'm not gonna fucking go talk to that guy. So she just sat up there, and I look on the thing, and I can see the dude. He's at oh, the I bottom. wasn't home yet, but I looked. I looked on my. He's at, at the work. bottom of the steps, just sitting there and i'm like hey should we talk to him i'm, I'm at gaming with all the uh, with all the nerds and oh maybe i just didn't w- hear it and one of the nerds is like go away you fucking dickhead we don't want none and i'm like i didn't turn on the volume yet you want me to answer it so you can yell that again and then i watch him walk up try to open the door i'm like that's right bitch you can't open my storm door knock on the door and then ring the doorbell and then walk away right after that like if you're gonna fucking knock a second time, Wait why would you walk or why would you just walk away immediately? But anyway, people on ring, man. It was awesome when you guys like came over that that one time when we were picking up cords and we were all late. We're like, crap, Jeremy and Jess are at our front door. Let's no, tell them the to garage. go sit in their cars or go in the garage. <laughs> we the well, garage. we didn't, but Jeremy was like, I know the garage code. Let's go <laughs> in the house. So uh, yeah, and so like today, I see one, and someone's like. Neighbor's truck was stolen, joyridden somewhere around 2 a.m. or returned in the morning. They vandalized it. It's all covered in mud. They got his keys from another car they broke into. I'm like, why the fuck are you leaving your keys in your That's fucking car? That's how my one of my insurance truck was stolen. So they got a brand new truck. They called me after I had left on a Friday and I wasn't there on a Monday. And so they called Ashley to report the truck stole. So they had called me on Friday after I left. And then they called and talked to Ashley on that Monday because they had had put the new truck keys in an old truck and somebody broke into the old truck, got the new truck keys out and stole their brand new truck. And that was the one that they used to cook what? the meth in that they had to total because oh, they'd yeah. cooked meth in it. Why the, why the fuck Wait, would you like put that? keys in a car for another car? Because <laughs> <laughs> first off, here's the thing. First off, if I see keys in a car, I immediately think they go to that car. So I'm going to fucking break the window to try and drive that car when they don't. Keys nowadays all have little fobs, make fucking lights blink and horns on. You don't That'll really have awesome to do much. Thing. You just go, boop, boop, boop. oh, it's that one. Let's go fucking steal it without breaking anything. Let's open it up, use the keys in the ignition, and fucking take a brand new and truck. And be careful, people, because sometimes there are clauses in your insurance that say if you have the keys in the car and it's stolen with the keys, it, that the theft is excluded. Unless uh, they try to carjack you. Well, that's different. The point is, is now they can't do their delivery. So oh, yeah. I'll post Bring a link. Lunchbox. Yeah. So I'll post a link for them. Uh, well, I did already on our Facebook. Um, and we can get, I think their truck's name is Frank. We can get Frank back on the road or get a new one, a new Frank. Getting a new Frank. Hey, I went to Ogden. Oh, that Con. might be the name of this episode. That's funny. A new Frank. Getting a new Frank. Frank part two. Tell us about that. I was sad, you guys. Uncon. <laughs> what? Oh, Ogden Uncon? Yeah. Yeah, it was. No one was there. Yeah. But they I sold tickets. They sold out. Yeah. They sold tickets. So I don't know if I just went at like an off time. Because I went. at noon. It was like, yeah, I was there from like noon to. That's pretty. What, like three or four? It's pretty. It's pretty main time to go. So though, isn't it? I've never been in that theater before and it was really awesome. But, so they had it split on two floors. So there were vendors on the floor downstairs, and then there were vendors upstairs. Then they had, like, gaming rooms and panel rooms. 
all the panels the day, well, not all of them, but the panels that I wanted to go to were canceled. Just because uh, not enough attendance? Nope. Um, <laughs> I could have stood there and talked to the lady that I went for the whole entire time I was there if I wanted to. But I went and talked to Stephen and Kate at Hatch Family Chocolate. <laughs> And then I went downstairs and talked to Walter was there from Face Off. They had a lot of competition for stuff going on on Saturday because the farmer's market opened. And that was fucking packed as shit. Like first thing in the morning, like way busier than I've ever seen. It's it's exciting, but it's also a bummer. Like it's catch 22. What did it so that's busy so early. Yeah. That's why I go early. Good so for it's them. not. Well, yeah. I think that was Hopefully opening, it fades opening out. day thing. I don't think it's going to normally be like that. But it was fucking crazy. It was, it was so like busy. it is at like 1130 yep. at nine. Yep. Uh, and and uh, I mean, everywhere was just jam packed with people, which was, I mean, which really good. good for the vendors. Really good for the vendors. Good. So. Um, Although I did hear some people say, there's so many people here. I can't actually stop and look at anything. And and there was like the yeah, but that's on you. Like that's on make you, the effort to of, stop. <laughs> yeah, you can stop. I bought stuff or make a round and come back. <laughs> like we went around twice. <laughs> so we took some some friends that hadn't ever been before, and Sean and Benita, like they're sold. And Sean, like he took a picture of He's all like, the who stuff. Who the fuck he was supposed to control my spending? <laughs> At the farmer's uh, market. I took my cousin for her first time too. And our little friend Is that um, James's sister? Mm-hmm. He looked just she looks just like James. I'm like, Chris, was that girl related to James? And he's like, I don't know. Just said it was her cousin. I'm like, I bet it was Japanese American jeans are strong, but Lindsay and I probably look the most out I of think that it family. was the freckles though, because James has the freckles too, and, and she has the freckles, and that Freckled was really like, Asians. It was su- she's super red hair jeans on the other side. She's super adorable. Right she's amazing. Two freckled Asians. We're gonna go <laughs> all the time. But our our little our friends John and Jody they took their kids and their youngest uh, Allie. She's like, Mom, I want to go back next week. That's so awesome. a new farmers market convert in a what is she twelve year old girl? I don't know something like that. Right now she's watching RSL play with my tickets. She is. She's a sweet girl. Well, not right now. In about an hour and a half. She's a sweet freaking kid. Those kids are actually, they love their mom. So they're kind of like, they kind of like remind me of Hannah and Jonathan, like the way that they're just like super cool with their mom. Like not ever that they're not ever bad, but like they're not like our teenage daughters who kind of (laughs) suck. Well, Jess, uh, it's event time. You got some events to talk about. Yes, most importantly is Timonogos Cave and the center are opening on June 19th. Hot diggity damn. No, it's awesome because it's been closed for a year and the center hasn't actually been a center for, nice. what did I say last week, for like 30 years? The 70s. <laughs> 21 <laughs> years. No, 21 Mobile years. Home. <laughs> it was like It was like the 90s. Anyway, so that's awesome. I'm sure tickets are going to sell out fast. I think we have ours for the second week of July. Um, festival season is in full force. I forgot to mention last week that up at Snow Basin, and if you've never been there, this lodge is, it's such a beautiful drive up there. It's up 84 into Ogden Canyon and Blues Brews and Barbecue is every Sunday. There's still fucking snow up there. Not there, but. I don't know about that. Did you had, go they up had their, They had their first event this last weekend. It, there probably is up at the top where the gondolas are, but not at the actual. Because, like, there was snow, it looked like, where the lodge and stuff would be. Well, the good news is also this weekend, this weekend, um, the Alpine Loop is opening. So that's a good sign. 
that means because that's a pretty high yeah, that, that's, elevation. That one's usually got snow for quite a while. Yes. Um, Good and bad, though, because, right, the rivers are all pretty full and the reservoirs um, There's are a wash full. by my house. I have lived in my house for 12 years. I have never seen flowing water in that wash before. And when I went walking last night, there was flowing water in there. Yep. That's pretty crazy. They're going like, ha- to have to release some water out of the reservoirs. Well, we're supposed to hit the 90s. Possibly. Uh, and if there's no other cool down, it's... And it's, so once that go, once we hit the 90s, that's that's going to melt the rest of it. Yep. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the Blues Brews and Barbecue is free. Um, I believe you do have to pay for the barbecue, but they usually have three bands that play. the play. is free? No. Oh. That would be awesome. No outside food or drink. Dogs are allowed. Um, three bands. It goes from 12 to 6 every Sunday until the end of the summer. I think like the beginning of September is when they stop. Snow Basin might be where we go for our summer party. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's pretty. It's so pretty up there. We went to, they had, they do movie nights up there and we went to one, but it does get chilly. Uh, so this weekend is the We Bear Fest, the W-E-E. We bear. The we bear fist. The we bears. Um, we bear Scottish. The we bear bears. Y'all missed it. Um, fifth annual. It is up in Ogden at the Golden Spike Center. 45 plus local brews. They'll have food trucks, games. Um, tickets are 12 to $30, depending upon what kind of, how many tickets you want. And then if you're not drinking, it's free to get in. So, woohoo. And then next weekend, and we'll talk about this with our guest is the Wasatch Community Gardens are are doing an urban farm tour and they're doing it up in Cottonwood Heights, Mill Creek and uh, Holiday area. And it's self-guided, but it's, I think it's like 10 bucks um, if you get your tickets before Friday, the 21st. And it's just going through interesting and inspiring gardens that are in the community. And I thought it was really cool. And then the Utah Arts Fest is the 20th to the 23rd. And I guess when I've always thought about this festival, I've always thought about like, like tangible art, you know, like pottery mm-hmm. and painting. But I was looking through the schedule. It's pretty incredible. They have every, everyone from like Ballet West to, um, they have film, they have comic book making, yep. both beginning and intermediate. They have, uh, poetry bands. I believe that Folk Hogan is playing. Nick might be playing as well. Uh, yeah. So it's such a huge it's variety for fifteen dollars. It runs from noon to eleven every day. Yeah, it's actually a lot of. You fun. You can go get licorice from CNC. CNC. <laughs> There's also other food there. Usually there is. Yeah. But what was that new flavor she had last time that we tried that we really built? Old raspberry. Is yes. So old raspberry. <laughs> that was that. By the way, secretly is a pull apart. I know it is. It's amazing. Chris was so like, I'm like, I didn't want to. I'm like, that oh. ah, was good. It was. It good. was delicious. She said her mom made her get that. Really? Mm-hmm. She's like, my mom I made me that this one. I think there's somebody at our door. I will be back. Sweet. Anyways, that is. I think that's. Did I miss anything? Oh, Asian Fest is the 15th. So that is this coming up weekend. Yes, Asian Fest. Asian Fest. That means you have to go though. Just coming through. Uh, Ogden Uncon has now planned a second event for June. So even though even though Jess shit all over Ogden Uncon, <laughs> that's not true. She didn't. No, do that. she just said that it was not as well not. attended as she thought it. As she thought it would be, but apparently it was. They said they sold out, right? 
certain yeah. tickets and, yeah. and they're and also, doing a second one. So. so, and when I was talking to Walter, because I was like, how do they pick all the vendors? Because they definitely needed more toy vendors. I think there was like one. Um, I guess he just went on Etsy and like picked a bunch of locals, which I think is really rad that he had that focus. Oh, speaking of, speaking of toy vendors, did you guys see what happened to Mile High Comics? In Denver? Oh, oh yeah. So what? I was, was it national news or, uh, I don't know, it might have been a show we were watching, but uh, no, it was news. Oh, it was live PD. We were watching police cops <laughs> and and they were doing hey, a crime. It's of the, live, dude. They do a crime of the week segment where they talk about some crime that has happened. So and then they try and get community info and they catch. people. Oh, they fucking catch people all the time. Well, actually, since it's actually live, like people will call in and say, we saw somebody dump something out the window. And then the, the people call the cops and let them know. And then the, the cops go and find the stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like. The, like interactive television. Like they'll people will tweet while they're live, like looking for a guy. Like, oh yeah, he ran down this street in this alley. Like, no joke, it happens a lot. But anyway, so they were talking about Mile High Comics, who comes up here all the time. Uh, they're a yeah, big, and their booth is huge because they're a really big comic book, like like high end comic book collecting type shop, and they do a lot of comic book rating and stuff like that. Someone broke into their shop. Stole basically like five or six things valued at almost $60,000 or something like that. Like very clearly knew what they were going after. Like they busted a couple of specific cases, took a couple of very specific things, stuck them in like a, like a postal letter carrying box, you know, the U.S. Postal Service basket you know those things. white ones? Yeah. Um, cut themselves on glass and cleaned up the blood multiple times because every time they'd clean up the blood, they'd get blood in another spot mm-hmm. and keep cleaning it up. But basically, over the course of like an hour, took what they wanted and cleaned up and left. And they have like a perfect picture of the face on the... But I thought that was crazy. Like, that's that's a someone who's been in that fucking shop and who knows comics. And like fencing rare comics like that can't be super duper easy. Yeah, going to... Going to sell it because you're 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 talking about like a ten thousand dollar comic is one of the things that they stole. Like, there's not a lot. So of that those pops around. up on eBay. It's kind of a given. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you sell that on eBay. <laughs> and it could be just a dude that wants it for his collection, but that's really fucking sketchy. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I just huh. you saying more toy vendors made me think of Mile High Comics getting busted into. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. So, um, there are a lot of things going on like we talked about um and i and you didn't really put this in events but you did put it on the notes and i think it's worth talking about so um as we went through the legislative session with everyone put it on this on. oh you put it on mm-hmm. um so as we went through the legislative session with everyone one of the bills that we talked about quite a few times uh was the new tax legislation the tax reform that the um state uh, legislator was trying to pass um trying to basically fucking shove in to the end of the legislative session last minute like they do with crazy massive overhaul things all the time they try to just kind of shove it in at the last second so people don't have a chance to read it well they got a lot of pushback a ton of pushback from local individuals and businesses because look tax reform has to happen in the state of utah we have some serious budget issues that we have to pay attention to um, because we're not collecting enough sales tax, basically, is what it boils down to. Even with all the new people that are coming in, our, our roads and stuff like that are all completely in, in bad shape. Yeah, they are. 
Um, and there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be taken care of, and we don't have a good enough tax revenue base, um, in large part because people are buying stuff online, people aren't just buying actual goods as much as they used to, and so there's a big tax restructuring that is trying to be taken on by the legislature in a special session this summer. Ahead of that summer special session, um, there are a bunch of time, uh, a bunch of town halls that are going to occur. So the legislature has put together a tax restructuring and equalization tax. Task Who is holding force, these town halls? And they're the ones holding them. No, the this task force is holding okay. them. Yeah, the task force. I, I, sorry, I didn't realize that was a question. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's who's <laughs> like holding them. The legislature them. is very big, and they're going to be all over uh, all over the state, really. So um, June twenty fifth will be Brigham City, so all the way up north. Uh, then Salt Lake County will be on the 27th. The 28th is Richfield. The 29th is St. George. And then in July on the 8th is Davis and Weber County. The 9th is Roosevelt. The 20th is Moab. And the 30th is Utah County. These are your opportunity. When we talk about getting involved locally, this is your opportunity to go find out what they're proposing. See what that's really going to, to, to do as an impact on you. If you own your own business, if you are a private citizen, if you are part of a larger business. It's pretty much if you live here. Yeah, th- these laws are going to have a long-term impact on you. This isn't, this isn't a simple, look, this isn't a simple alcohol law. That's going to have some this sort of... This isn't Jeremy's cigar law that he's mad about. This is long-term <laughs> lasting tax reform. We're talking about doing things like taxing services, something that traditionally in no state in the country has ever been taxed. So when you go to an auto mechanic, you pay taxes on parts that they buy, but you never pay taxes on the labor. This would start making you pay taxes on the labor. So suddenly you're, and that's the biggest part of an auto repair bill, right? You go get a transmission rebuild. The parts are nothing. It's it's $500 in parts and $3,000 in labor. So you pay tax on $500 in parts. What they're proposing is that you pay less tax on the 500 in parts and more tax, in fact, new tax and a lot more tax on the 3,000 in labor. That's the big change to this tax law. There's other stuff involved, um, and there's a lot of of things, uh, but it's it's overall tax reform. You really ought to be reading about it. You really ought to go to one of these town halls and and speak up. Um, you know, in I I Jess is uh, blaring music for some reason. Sorry, I was on Instagram. It was Salsa del Diablo's page. <laughs> <laughs> I use I use Jeremy as an example because Jeremy is a Jeremy is is a guy in the service industry that this would have a huge impact on his business. So uh, Jeremy pays for software that he uses every day in his job. Right now he doesn't pay tax on that software because it's software as a service. It's not a one time purchase. He's paying monthly. Now he has to start paying tax monthly on that software. Jeremy also pays an engineer for their services on everything that he does. He has to have an engineer sign off on it. So now he's got to pay that engineer tax on their on their stuff. Then Jeremy has his his he's got other things that he does and, and pays taxes for, and he's going to be paying taxes for services he previously maybe didn't. But then Jeremy sells his plans to a contractor most of the time or a private resident, and Jeremy's not going to sell it for the same price. He has to recoup all the taxes he just paid, yeah. so he's going to increase his price. And on top of his price increase, there's now taxes that that contractor has to pay. And all of that 
goes up in the contractor's cost for the end home buyer. That's just one example, and that's a, a pretty small but a very real example of how taxing services, if not done correctly, ends up landing the consumer with a much larger tax bill because I promise you, everyone down that chain is not going to pay taxes out of their profits. They're going to raise their rates to pay for those taxes. It's true. So the locations haven't been determined for each of those. That's just the date that they're going to have them. So keep your eye out for um, notices in your communities for the location and times and stuff like that as the dates get closer. And, and if you want to know more, reach out to your local representative, both your, your senator and your congressman for your district. Um, you can find all of that on utah.gov. They have uh, le.utah.gov as the legislature, uh, and you can get all that information, your representative, what districts you're in. Uh, they will have these things posted on that site as well. Uh, as time draws nearer. So. And as we find with a lot of things, if nobody says anything, then they just win. Yeah. If nobody says anything, the people that are lobbying and writing these laws will be the ones that, that ultimately get to decide how that things are going to be taxed, and you just have to live with it. So now's the time to speak up. Speaking of laws, we've had this for a long time, like quite a while <laughs> i think i found this during the legis when the legislative session it began was like a right at the end. yeah and we were going to do it maybe around the time enrique came on the show uh from from city weekly um but we decided to to hold off but i i figure as long as we're talking about you know crazy shit we gotta, <laughs> we gotta talk about truly crazy stuff like crazy crazy laws that are on utah books um that you know you always hear about things like you can't sneeze while driving that's a fine somewhere but jeremy found this when i do that i'm always scared i'm gonna crash have we googled this to see if any of these laws have changed uh i i have not i will i will look it up as as you guys start going down the list so i would assume most of these are on the books because it's not worth anybody's time although they've been slowly cleaning some of these weird things up to get them off. Yeah, I want to be able to fish while I'm riding my horse. So somebody needs to change that. Against the law to fish from horseback. <laughs> so is weird. it too dangerous? The thing was, with every law is you know it was made a law for a reason. Some somebody did something. Idiot did something. To well, it's like shooting a deer from your truck. You can't do that. I break the oh. law every day. So guys. how about this? A husband is responsible for every criminal act committed by his wife while she is in his presence. Oh, I I agree with that one. So if Bree's shoplifting. If Bree well, shoplifts. Well, I'm not his wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm not responsible. Oh, you're on your own then. Yeah, but Jeremy, if, if you take Heather with you and she, and she shoplifts, you're going to jail. If she murders someone in your presence, you're, you're going responsible to jail. for her. <laughs> it's illegal not to drink milk, babe, so you have to start getting sick every single day. I'm breaking the law, too. Don't worry. Birds Me have too. the right-of-way on all highways. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm okay with it. They, the they may have the right-of-way, but when they fucking fly into your windshield... Birds are so fucking stupid. <laughs> what other animal sees another animal in a reflection? Let's, let's say a window... Sees that bird coming fucking dead on at it and doesn't move out of the way. It's like well, playing chicken. It's because they know they have the right of way. <laughs> They're not moving. <laughs> what about butterflies? They may they leave big splatter marks on your windshield when you hit them. <laughs> the girl? 
Yeah, it is considered. Wait, an you didn't finish your sentence. No, I said the windshield. Yeah, when they hit the windshield, oh, yeah. they make it big didn't sound like you said anything. It is anything. considered an offense to hunt whales. So the two whales out there in Salt Lake, they're off limits. Yeah, hey, you can't in Tremont, and it's illegal to have sex in a moving ambulance. And if you're caught, only the woman gets punished, and her name like will you. appear in the newspaper. What the wow. fuck? Apparently, Tremont's got some frisky EMS people. Um, you know, you cannot detonate a nuclear weapon <laughs> in the state of Utah. That should stay on the books. Yeah, that one's probably good to, good to stay. Let's keep that one. They really have to fucking put that as a law for the state, though. Like Boxing matches that allow biting are not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal to was cause that, a catastrophe. Was the boxing match one like a post-Mike post, uh, Tyson Must um, have been. fight? Must have been. When he comes out and like bites the dude's ear yeah. off? No, Don was Google in Vegas when that happened. I remember when that happened. So Don was in Vegas when that happened. Was he at the fight? No. Well, then what? It doesn't matter. But he came out, and people were on the street. We're talking about it, and him and his friend are like, "What just happened?" So we had a huge watch party for that fight. Tons, like thirty people, and watching on a big screen in this little tiny fucking apartment. And the fight starts. That happens like. It was like the second round or third round, yeah, like, like real early, in, maybe real early in the fight bites the ear off. Like you see all the blood, You're like what the fuck just happened? He gets DQ'd You're like what the shit? We just paid how much for this fucking pay-per-view? So we're like, well, whatever. We switch channels and it's the adult film awards. Uh, and <laughs> it was one of the most memorable nights ever to watch like giant inflatable dicks run around stage handing out adult film awards. Like they just have fun with their award show. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, that derailed us a little bit. I bet those are illegal, though, in the state of Utah. Hey, Donald Trump was right. In Kaysville, you have to have identification to enter a convenience store. After, After dark. dark. Well, okay, but you still have to show your ID. In Logan, women may not swear. I can't go to Logan. This is my favorite. <laughs> it is a felony to persistently tread on the cracks between paving stones and the sidewalk of a state highway. It's because you'll break your mama's back. Yeah, that's, that's all I can figure. <laughs> Man, how many fucking places are there paving stones and sidewalk on a state highway? Oh, here's another sex in an ambulance one. None. No one may have sex in the back of an ambulance if it's responding to an emergency call. People are having a lot of sex in the But if it's not an emergency, you can fuck all day long. Well, except for in Tremonton. Alcohol may not be sold during an emergency. What? Like. In Provo, throwing snowballs will result in a $50 fine. What? Hey, in Man, Mon- they really fuck over the fun in Provo. In Monroe, thing. daylight must be visible between partners on a dance floor. What? What if it's <laughs> nighttime? Oh my gosh, this one is crazy. You can't this dance is, at night. This is long. That's where, they, recorded, this- that's where they made Footloose. Yes. No in dancing. Salt Lake County, <laughs> uh, auctions may not be advertised by hiring trombone players to play on the street. <laughs> On the street. How fucking specific is that? And then no one can carry a paper bag containing a violin in Salt Lake County either. Yeah, because they probably think that was a gun. You know, mobsters. How how do these laws get written? You can't carry a paper bag with a violin while walking on the street? In Trout Creek, I don't even know where that is, to be honest with you. Pharmacists may not sell gunpowder to cure headaches. Well, that actually, gunpowder actually used to be medicinal. Yeah, it's great. When you stick it behind a piece of lead and then a gun, you shoot yourself in the head, no headache's more headache. gone. Okay. It's illegal for restaurants to serve wine with meals, but only if you ask for the wine list. Yeah, that one's a lo- What the hell? All right. Look, and then I think this is the last one that we haven't talked about yet, but this is... Uh, 
this is this is real, guys. It is illegal to cause a catastrophe in the state of no, Utah. No, I said that one. You guys just were talking about something else. <laughs> I so think what's that's considered a catastrophe? Important. Hunting whales. It <laughs> sure is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know we touched on it earlier. Um, we might have two more things that we'll talk about. Actually, let's talk about the Great Salt Lake because this, this is a follow-up. Kind of sad. This is a follow-up. So while you may find whales in the Great Salt Lake, or not. Um, you, you will not find a Guinness Book of World Records record. So Jess actually brought this up in her events a few weeks ago. Um, turns out no one listens to our show um, because... <laughs> I did? Yeah, you talked about this in events. Yeah. So we were trying to break... The, the Great Salt Lake was having a, a big event. They were trying to get the, thousands of people to come out and float in the Great Salt Lake. didn't. The water levels are up. And uh, they got uh, just a couple hundred people, like 300. 300. 300 people. The record was 1,941. Uh, and they thought they were going to shatter the record. Uh-huh. Um, apparently everyone agrees with me and does not want to go fucking stink. Cause that I place floated smells. in the... Does Brian Schimp like, will eat your wiener? Oh, well, I don't have one of those. I don't. They'll float Dog. up inside of it and eat your wiener from the inside out. <laughs> Did you hear Jeremy? Dog. Dog. <laughs> Your wiener dog will get stuck in the mud, though. There's nothing like I'm wieners getting stuck in the mud. completely covered in nasty little brine shit. Poor Ebo. He's never been the same. That is so gross. He's no, still... that was the peach pit. <laughs> well, he's never been the same after that. You know what, though? He's picked back up on killing chickens, it he sounds has. like. so. This must be his final run. It's because his birthday is this it's weekend. <laughs> How old's he going to be? Nine. Nine. He no, is he's nine. got a good, like, three more years. Uh, not if he eats another peach pit. That's true. <laughs> you wouldn't either if you ate a peach pit, so... Of course, he has not messed with the beehive yet this year. That's... Well, we'll see what happens. But the season's not... Did Rocky up. ever get stung by bees last year? Nah, he's never messed with it, and he's never messed with He doesn't chickens. seem quite as stupid as Ebo. Yep. Seems a little smarter. He's like, I'm a much cuter dog. I don't need to fuck with this it's stuff. It's because he looks like a gangster, so he's a little smarter. <laughs> <laughs> he totally looks like he has five o'clock shadow, and he's gangster. He's got that little weird smile where his lip gets stuck on his teeth. He looks like a, a, a 50s gangster. <laughs> All right. We talked about the World, Women's World Cup uh, a little bit at the beginning I'm of the sorry, show. sorry. I cut the article off. No, it's I okay. I didn't know. It's okay. So, uh, Alex freaking Morgan, five goals. She's amazing. Yeah. Five goals uh, in our 13 to nothing route of Thailand today. That was a bloodbath. It was ridiculous. So where are they in the... Thailand or the U.S.? In general, where are we at in the competition? So the U.S. is, US is always well, a perennial favorite. So we, we just started. We won the last World Cup. So the way the World Cup works is... Does the whole world play or is it like the World Series where it's just... No, the it's no, the no, whole no. world. So it's, well, it's sort of the whole world. So the whole world can qualify. Um, and, and country by country, um, there's different things. You go through competitions over the four years between World Cups and you can qualify to be in the World Cup. So not every country gets to participate. Though I think with Women's World Cup, every country that can field a women's team gets to participate. Um, men is a lot more competitive. That's why the U.S. didn't even fucking make the World Cup this this go around. Um, but anyway, so the U.S. is is always a favorite to win the World Cup because the U.S. has something that most countries in the world don't have, which is professional women's soccer teams. Legs. And, and legs. No, most of the world has legs, Jessica. And a women's soccer support system. So college soccer and stuff like that. A lot of countries don't. I would so, assume in other countries women aren't allowed to play. Some. In a lot, yeah, in a lot. So it's kind of the opposite of, of soc- men's soccer here. So men's soccer here, Chris has talked about it before. Um, 
most bigger pro athletes are, are you know, they go to um, baseball, basketball, football. And so right. that's our, where the money's at. Right. But here, um, the, the most successful women's professional league, I think, is soccer, is it not? Um, I mean, I know basketball is kind the of the WNBA up there, but has more success than the women's maybe. soccer, soccer but it's, league right now. It's it's, it's right up there, and it got up there fast, and so well, you it's one of the it's one of the few professional athletic events that women can actually make money doing. And your skaters, yeah, but that's like but that's not a team. That, sport. Well, and also the pool. Yeah, it is. Do you not watch the Olympics? The the pool of sp- of figure skaters. There's no I can, in figure skating. The pool of yes, figure, there is. The pool of figure skaters that <laughs> can actually couple at least <laughs> that can actually compete is much smaller too, and, and the business. amount of money is much. No, that's fine. I do take my soccer seriously though. Yeah, both of us keep talking soccer while you guys joke. It's kind of funny, but <laughs> but it, I mean, it's it's kind of cool that no, that it's we're fine. We're actually leading the pack in something that women excel at so in addition to that we have royals utah royals that which are playing on this team there's like five or six royals so not on the u.s team there's three uh women uh utah royals there's five the or six team. we're on something else yeah so i'm gonna go through them okay thanks so uh we have uh rachel corsi uh who is a defensive player she's a center back uh, she plays for Scotland internationally and the Royals locally. Uh, Scotland lost to England 2-1. to one. Um, You have uh, midfielder Desiree Scott, who is a Canadian national. They beat She's Cameroon. not a Scottish person? Uh, no, no, no. That would be uh, Rachel Corsi, not Desiree Scott. It's not right. Scotsman, by it's the way. It's not right. She'd be a Scotsman. Okay, it's not right. It is right. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. She's got two first names, Desiree Scott, so... You know, she can be whatever she wants, apparently. Uh, Katie Bowen is from New Zealand. She is also a defensive player. Uh, she is uh, with the Royals. Um, but uh, what did they lose? Uh, no, no. Yes, Netherlands beat New Zealand one to nothing in the first the first match. And then there are... Th- so actual soccer scores here right up until we get to the U.S. team. Yeah, so and then the U.S., you know, wins 13 to nothing. However, two of the ladies that are on the U.S. team from the Royals, uh, Becky Sauerbrauten and um uh, sour brown sour brun I sour brun i can't fucking say it. it's sour brun and, and she uh <laughs> she's not sauerkraut that's for sure yeah becky it's sauerkraut sour uh she was not on the she was not on the team or on the roster uh, on the 18 i think she's getting over an injury and then who was the other one that was the uh, her name her last name starts with a c christian christian something Christian uh, Press? No, that's the. Let me look. Oh, the article's in front of your face. I'm looking. I'm looking. Sorry, I can't say any of their damn names. So. Uh, I can't remember. Sorry. Uh, but while he's while he's looking that up, um, Alex Morgan today she scored five goals, which tied a World Cup record, and the 13-0 score. Um, is now the highest scoring game for the women's um, of all time. World Cup. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Kristen Press would be one. Becky Sauerbrunn. I said Kristen Press, and, but nobody said oh, I was Kelly like, O'Hara. Yes, Kelly O'Hara. Yeah, well, yeah. they're all right here in the middle, but she said C, and so I said Kristen Press, and you didn't say, yeah, that's it, Sorry, so I, I just was, moved I was along. looking up some other stuff. See? So, yeah. And then, yeah, and Kelly O'Hara. But the Sauerbrunn and, and Press, I don't think we're able to play. I think they're trying to get She was a injury. second half sub, but just for the hour mark. Oh, there you go. There you go. Press was. But it was kind of cool because, so Alex is, she's amazing. She's, she's a mom. She came back from, um, from being off and came back as a pro athlete, which is just hard, just hard to do. Women's bodies change when they have kids and stuff. And for her to be able to go take time off, have kids and then come back and then score freaking five goals in one game. And two of them, I believe, were completely unassisted. I'm assuming she's a pretty intense mom. No, she actually. <laughs> so I watched it. I watched an in- interview with her, and she seems super chill. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. I think, or, yeah, okay. but it may be that that's just where she pour- she pours her energy into soccer, and then she can be like a totally chill mom. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! So how long is it? Two weeks. No, it's much longer. So um, it's longer. Yeah. So the yeah. U.S. play. It's usually it'll run into two months by the time it's all said and done. So it's longer than the Olympics right now. Yeah, but but you're talking about playing full soccer games. It's a big. So tournament. you're talking about playing ninety minutes of soccer for everybody. They have to have breaks. Well, or, e- even Olympic soccer, like they start yeah. before the Olympics start. Usually, like the opening. You usually ceremonies. only see the end. So what will happen is you're in the group stage right now. So it's in groups of four. Um, the U.S. will play Chile on uh, the twenty. On Sunday or yes. Saturday, one or the other Sunday, I think, um, so the sixteenth. Yep. Um, that'll be the second game. So it's in groups of four. So it's U.S., Thailand, Chile, and fuck, I don't remember who the Do other. They person. play in the United and States. the country Chile? of fuck. No, they're all in. The, yeah, country of fuck. So they play. They play. <laughs> so they're assigned to a group of four, and two play, and two play, and then whoever wins out of those two, it's they like bracketing. Yeah, it is bracketing. Yes. So um, it, it's in France this year, by the way. The Women's World Cup is in France. So right. you have. Uh, multiple groups, uh, and so the U.S. is in group. Let me see here before group, I let you. Group fuck. Group H. No, what the fuck? Where is our? <laughs> see, I told you there'd be Shut a fuck up. in there somewhere. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Did we tell oh, you? Oh, I think that's the men's World Cup. Did that's we tell a... you that some lady the other day told him to not say fuck while we were at the game? With the soccer game again? Yeah, and then <laughs> no. she turned around and apologized later. But then in the she game did. She apologized later, and she's bitch. like, "Sorry, I just, I just, I don't think I'd ever heard that so many, so much, <laughs> just with somebody just sitting oh, there talking. Because it's not like he was mad; he was just talking to me, <laughs> and he was just talking to me. Like we were just sitting there having a conversation, and he just. So Sweden's the other one in our group. So basically, every team will play each other once in the group. So you'll have three uh, games. So we played Thailand, which we just fucking obliterated. Then we'll play Chile on Sunday. We play Sweden on uh, Thursday the 20th. And then once that's done, the top team out of each group goes on. on With that differential, it might just be us. Well, I think the top two teams, and I have to look because the Women's World Cup's smaller, but I think it's actually the top two teams out of each bracket. And then there's a couple at large uh, entries into the next round, so they'll honorable take, mentions. Well, so they take basically some of the brackets are going to be really hard. Like you know, you know, some World Cups you have like four top teams that end up being in one group, and they call it like the group of death. Um, the group of 
get fucked is the one that the United States is in because they're just going to obliterate everyone in their group. But, like, France is a really strong team. Um, the Koreans actually filled the South Koreans usually filled really good teams. Um, you know, South American teams are always pretty good. So Chile, the Chile game will be a much different game uh, than the Thailand game and probably the Sweden game as well because, you know, women have more rights in those countries and they do have soccer teams and they are bigger sports. Um, so we'll, we'll just kind of have to see how that stuff plays out. Um, but after the group stage, then you'll move into, um, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, like you, you move into elimination stages. So the group stage happens, then you go to elimination stages after that, or, you know, you play a game and you move on. So you have like the round of 16, the round of eight, the round of four, the round of two. And winner, winner, chicken on. dinner. Yeah, and that drags on. Um, so it'll it'll probably be um, like two months well, uh, so by the time it's end of August for its end part end of August. Yeah, and you'll have the final usually probably sometime in August. And I don't, I, I could probably find it, but uh, in fact, it says July seventh. Actually, wow, that was fast. That's fast. <laughs> that was a fast two months. So they are well because it's smaller. So the men's World Cup usually He's comparing it to the men's. The men's World Cup usually takes about two months because there's more teams to start i think um but this one the final will be uh july 7th at 9 a.m so coming up then yeah 9 a.m our time well in a month yeah it's a month away but it's a big tournament it's i mean it is because the they, they did start playing last week so cool this this yeah, is the u.s's game today was like the last game of the first the first round right the first right round. so they've already been playing so it just sounds like maybe the women's is about half the time but i want to give you an example um so the next biggest score line was four to nothing <laughs> and that was france over south korea um most of them are like one or two goals well, and it's just like any other kind of soccer. It's usually very, very low scoring. 13 to nothing. I mean, you don't usually see a total of 13 in a soccer game, even when both teams are scoring. So I was going to say this earlier. So I was listening to analysts talk about the match, and there were some people that were not like, like there were a couple of analysts that were formal World Cup soccer players, a, a female and, and a male. Um, and there were a couple people who were like, I would have liked to see the U.S. like let up and and kind of pump the brakes a little bit and not and both of those soccer players were like no. Isn't this the is, point to go and win? Well, they well, both of them said that. this is the World Cup. Yeah. You send a message. You don't let up on the brakes. You don't stop celebrating. Like this is World the tournament. Domination. Well, well there's it's, a it's point not just that, differential too. There can be goal differentials that, that play into things um, and, and tiebreakers. And so if you can run up a score thirteen on someone. You do it because you know what? That might come into play because if you manage to fuck up your next two games, that 13-point goal differential could be the difference between you moving on and you staying where you're at. That's what happens during MLS play, too. So you have, you know, it's not just this team won this many games. It there's Sometimes it comes down to tiebreakers or positioning, and goal differential mm-hmm. is, a, is always at the top of the tiebreakers. So. Because it's not positioning like... Positioning is always important. Yeah, <laughs> so it's... You get three points... <laughs> I have to agree. You get three points, one point, or no points in soccer. You don't get... Missionary man on top. That's <laughs> the only real position. No. So, Vanilla. at the end, if if every, you know, if there's, there are a couple of teams that have the same amount of points, that's where the differential... So, but you also send a message that tells everyone that you else. like vanilla. Yeah. Well, I mean, it tells everyone else. Look out! We fucking scored third. We. It doesn't look it, that game 
looked like a fucking professional team playing a high school team. <laughs> it was bad. Maybe it was. It, it, I mean, it, it was in a sense. <laughs> I like, like Jeremy's question. Did they have a keeper? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a sense it was because they're just there's a different skill level there. But if you look across all the other games, no one got outscored like that. Not even close. Like four to nothing was the next closest route. And most of the games were decided by one goal. Even teams from countries that have shitty teams didn't do that bad. Like it's that was that was a statement game. And that was them saying to the rest of the tournament, you got to go through us to win. And and well, and what do you do? So like when RSL has a game where they freaking lose in the second half four to nothing, that's I mean, they played the whole first half. These guys were outscoring them in the first half. What do you do if you're not scoring? Do you just you sit, sit there and kick there. the ball? Like, yeah. well, you and even still the, have to keep even, playing. Even in the later parts of the second You'll half. You'll order some popcorn in the stands. And- they were trying <laughs> some stuff, so they, they switched to three in the back. You don't normally do that when you have a huge lead. but That's tough positioning. But basically, <laughs> three, yeah, in <laughs> three in the back. <laughs> I don't know how you get three in the back, but we went to three in the back. Normally, it's four in the back, so we kind of loosened up a little bit. Um, I'd say that that was... Can be done. <laughs> <laughs> a goddamn lie. There's no physical way that three in the back can actually happen. Um, but we did it. The U.S. women's team did it. Three in the back. That's the show. Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> the New Utah sucker. All right. <laughs> I think we should talk to our guest because this has devolved dramatically. I knew it would be my fault. So today we have the pleasure of interviewing and talking to Ashley Patterson with Wasatch Community Gardens. Thanks for having me. Welcome. It's oh, two like a year. Like this is what? the long. I've been tr- I've been working on this for like a year. You've been trying to get Ashley on. Somebody I had somebody else <laughs> lined up last year, and That's then right. I reached out again because I get the emails. I get the was it like a monthly email? And I was like, I'm trying again. <laughs> we got to get them on. <laughs> so, I, mean, I always like farm talks. I'm excited. Yeah, urban farm. Jeremy's an urban farmer. Very oh, much so. Great. Like Very hardcore urban farmer, chickens, bees, everything. Where are you located? Riverton. Great. It used to be farm country. Now I'm yeah. He used to be on the back houses, of an alfalfa field. But anyway, yeah. But you're still. I'm on, I've got almost half an acre. Oh, that's fantastic. So I've got a decent amount of space for my very large garden and bees and chickens. <laughs> His neighbors across the street have weird pheasant things that are loud as hell, oh, like yeah. some kind of quail. I think it's a guinea fowl, but I'm yeah. not sure, but it's obnoxious. <laughs> I wonder how long those will last with all the new houses. The million dollar homes yeah. behind us. I can't imagine it'll last too much longer. <laughs> They're so Somebody's going to complain. You go over there to hang out in the evening and it's just like... Like the whole time, that's all you can hear. They're obnoxiously loud. More so than the chickens. Um, Our chickens aren't too bad. They're not really Such a nice little, like, just a gentle. And our little rooster died, so that's the end of that. Mr. Fluffy Pants. Mr. Fluffy Pants. That was Mrs. Fluffy Pants. (laughs) Until we figured out. Something happened there. Till till He started growing. (laughs) (laughs) But he was a bantam, so he was tiny. Amongst all of our other large chickens, so he was like half the size of those. <laughs> it, was, it was funny, like you would throw food in there and, and you would see him run to it and then all of a sudden you'd see him like shoot out of it off the side because <laughs> all the chickens would just chuck him. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Poor Mr. Fluffy Pants. Did you, did you consume wah, wah. Mr. Fluffy Pants? No, he died of natural causes. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, generally, I'm assuming that the other or the other chickens just killed him. Who knows? <laughs> Did he wake you up a lot? Not too bad, and he was actually really quiet. I mean, oh, he crowed, but he was so tiny that it was <laughs> rather quiet. You're like, did something crow? <laughs> it was kind of cool to have it, though. Technically, we're not supposed to have roosters, but he was quiet enough that I don't think anybody ever noticed. So, Compared to the guinea pheasant. Oh, man, those things are loud. <laughs> Obnoxious. <laughs> so what is what is Wasatch Community Gardens for people that, that aren't familiar with, with you guys? So we are a nonprofit organization that has a mission to empower people of all ages and incomes to grow and eat healthy, organic, local food. We do that through community gardening. Um, we have com- 16 community gardens throughout Salt Lake County, and we're wow. working on two new ones. Um, and we have youth and school programming. So we work in Salt Lake City School District, and then we also bring in kids through social service agency partnerships. So kids who might not necessarily have a garden at home. That's awesome. And we teach workshops to people who have backyards and want to have garden. chickens or bees. Or so I have, a, I have a community. I'm just going to derail things for just a second. So I have my community garden story that I've told before, but I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> so when I was going to college at the U. Oh, God. Many years ago, many years ago. Yeah, because you're old. I'm old. We had our little, we had our little garden spot that you could sign up for, and then you were assigned a little section of the garden. And I had a little section of the garden, but I, for whatever reason, I can't remember. I didn't end up planting anything, but I had a garden, so I got all the back then flyers. There was no such thing as texts or emails, so we got the little flyers. And probably midsummer, we got a flyer in our box that says, "Please stop using human feces in your garden." Oh my. Jeremy's like, thank goodness I didn't plant anything this year. The moral of the story, don't eat food from college gardens. <laughs> there you go. Do you ever have that problem? I just We have had some of that. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. do you how do you manage and police that in a community <laughs> garden? Like cuz there's not like a security guard station there 24/7, no, right? No, and and basically when we see that, we try to just clean it up, alert all the gardeners if they've got produce that might be a root crop we Ooh, try to i didn't think of that you know well because in some cultures caution that is used as fertilizer sure and so that's what it was is we had some ethnic people who had a garden spot and they were doing i'm sure what they thought growing up was appropriate gardening i don't know anyway it's ha- <laughs> it haunts me to this day <laughs> and now i go poop in jeremy's corn patch <laughs> Every, every don't time tell I'm him that there. he won't give us stuff anymore <laughs> that's okay, why we don't have story corn. sorry sorry i derailed things <laughs> no problem no but so so how does how does the how does a community garden work like you just sign up for a spot and you get to go out there once a week does someone watch it all summer like how does that work that's a great question um so we we have a you know they have different size plots in different gardens um, and you get on a wait list and you say, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to garden out at Magna and, um, you get assigned a plot. It's a very small fee of 25 to $50 a year to be in oh, one wow. of these gardens. And that includes your water and insurance and all so that. So do they water it or do you need to water your own section? So we have, um, different roles in the community garden. So you, we want to try to get as many, um, members involved in an active leadership role. Mm-hmm. So we have an irrigation steward or an oh, irrigation cool. team. And so they can kind of keep keep everybody apprised of, of the watering schedule. So in the spring, like we've just had, 
We haven't really been watering yeah, that I much. Just yeah, I just turned my water on last night. That's fantastic. It's nice to be in mid-June and not, I know, it's not crazy. irrigating I've, yet. I've watered just my garden, but I have secondary water. Ah. So it's helpful. But my lawn, I haven't Which watered. explains why your garden's always huge. Yeah. Well, in my in my area, if your lawn is dead or your garden's dead, you're just lazy because we have secondary water. That's so great. We just kind of let ours die after some. Well, point yours is different because yeah. you're paying for culinary water, and if it's yeah. I think it's crazy summer. to water with. I don't care if water. my grass is green. Yeah, it's no. not that important. Well, my garden needs water, but well, yeah, that's but different. <laughs> I want to name tag this as irrigation steward. I know, isn't that cool? <laughs> cool yeah. How about harvest steward? Oh. I feel like anything that has steward at the end just sounds more important, like so, paper steward, even trash steward. So it makes it sound better. So you get a plot, you get a plot of land, and you plant whatever you want there. Yeah, I. Um, we were chatting before. Sunflowers are, are a controversial <laughs> topic. <laughs> Because they get tall, so they can shade other people's plots uh, out. Um, and there is some some debate about whether they're good or bad for a garden. Um, so those can be a little bit of a point of contention. But generally speaking, you can grow. Um, we don't like to put perennials in because because garden boy. plots change hands. Right. Well, so, so so what do you do about someone who wants to who doesn't understand? And wants to plant like seven zucchini bushes. Well, it's kind of <laughs> their like deal. Three three they're, like, <laughs> they're they're probably we have donation baskets in most <laughs> outside the fence of most of the gardens, and they're probably going to end up with a, a lot, lot of their of, stuff. I I plant two a summer, and that's plenty for us to eat, give away, and the chickens get plenty of zucchini. That's two plants. Yeah, they're they're prolific. <laughs> yeah, they're they're they grow like wildfire out. Well, here. that's the thing you. You think you've checked them, and then out of nowhere, you find this four and a half foot, 200 pound. It's like, where was that thing? I know. Yesterday, it was as big as my finger. Yeah. Today, it's a missile. (laughs) The chickens love them. I tell you, you take one of those, toss it into a dozen chickens, it's gone in like two minutes. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So I'll bring some over. (laughs) You plant your stuff, and there's there's an irrigation steward that helps make sure that stuff's getting watered. How do you... like? Does one person then go in and harvest stuff on a regular basis, or is it a couple of people? No, everyone has their own plot, so you get to do with your plot what you'd like to do with it, and it's really fun because people have way different techniques. They use different trellising materials and techniques, and and so, you know, we do plot checks, and there's a harvest steward, and so if people are out of town... Someone might come through and say, hey, there's a bunch of stuff that's ready in plot 16. And you might find out that person's out of town. And so then do you want to pick it and put it in the donation basket? Or how how, how should that work? And the, the community gardeners can kind of talk amongst themselves and work as a group to figure out how to manage their their space collaboratively. Each community gardener also has to put in six hours of volunteer work for the good of the garden oh that's cool per week per month per season oh, so does that mean like coming out that's not much at all spraying everyone's stuff with with pesticides <laughs> <laughs> no no pesticides so. but you might um maybe the garden gets a big big bunch of wood chips and everybody kind of spends time on the pathways and gets things tidy or maybe they take on a project they want to build a little hoop house for the garden so they might take that on as as their project or we have you picket fences out of 
outside of most of the gardens. And so that's where we want community members who don't have a plot inside to help themselves. So, oh. so the gardeners yeah. will take care of the you picket fence and make sure that it's producing and the tomatoes are trellised and not going all over the place. And so there's a variety of things they might do in their volunteer hours. Do you guys ever get like infestations with bugs? So for instance, last year I had a massive earwig problem in my own garden. Yeah. Squash to, bugs are a big deal. Years ago, I lost all my corn. Yeah. To beetles. I think it was three was it three years ago. Like lost it. It was all. like two years ago. Yeah, I feel like it was the year before last. Could have been. I lost all my corn. Every year. Every one of them. Every year. Chickens loved it. But <laughs> but yeah, the beetles got it. So what do you guys do when you have an infestation like that? Like it, does someone take charge? Does the community just kinda of work it out and decide how they're gonna handle it? Yep. Yep. Usually like, you know, squash beetles are a uh, squash bugs are a big thing. And a lot of times you just kind of end up at some certain point in August, you're going to be pulling out the squash. It's just kind of what it is. They, yeah, they take over. They take over and it's difficult to figure out what to do. So we're always learning. It's a really great opportunity to, you know, share information. USU Extension's always really oh, yeah. on these, whatever the current problem is of the year. So, you know, we try to take their advice. We are an organic organization, so we go with whatever the organic. If you want to get rid of earwigs, it's really easy. Just put a bowl with some vegetable oil in it and you're done. That's it. At at ground level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because they climb up inside of it and then it's slippery and they can't get out. And they drink. I see. Worked for me. Worked like a charm. So it's like this beer and the slugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like beer and slugs. They just I remember crawl my up grandpa it. used attracted to do that. What a sad waste oil. of beer, though. <laughs> That's why you use, like, Natty Light and you're fine. Don't use, don't use the local high-end, like, beer. local craft beer for that. Yeah, don't. stop buying squatter's beer for your garden, Jimmy. <laughs> just go get a can of Rainier from the gas station. <laughs> oh, what's, the, what's the craziest thing that you've had growing in your garden? Like, this... I'm sure like, there's. Oh, I can't believe this is growing. I'm sure there's rules, but does someone like? Oh, I'm going to plant some pot here, or I'm going <laughs> to oh, try totally. and grow mushrooms. Well, <laughs> this is pre my time, but there we used to have in in kind of our flagship garden, which is the Grateful Tomato Garden on Eighth South and Sixth East. There was oh, a same. lot of um, Russian immigrants, and a Russian grandmother kept trying to grow marijuana, and it kept getting pulled out by staff. Like, oh, no, we're going to get in trouble if this is, especially because that was the very early days of the organization, just a fledgling little organization. And they already thought you were all pothead hippies. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, but she was so mad when she realized that that the staff was pulling out her marijuana. (laughs) She wanted to grow that. Well, they're pretty obvious once they start to grow. Like, hemp plants are really quite distinctive. Like, they, they stand out and they grow really big, too. People the, are pissed off. They're such a pretty plant, though. It's if people it's are pissed about sunflowers, I can only. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most people don't really care, other than we really don't want to get our garden shut down. So right. I, I remember years ago. I don't know if I've told this on the air or not. So I have a, I have a friend. Um, he's no longer with us, but uh, we his parents would always, you know, either have a party or go out of town on the Fourth of July. And, you know, one year we we go to his parents' house as they're leaving town to have a party at his parents' house while they're gone. And we get there a little early and they're kind of showing us the different stuff in the house. And they're like, okay, so whatever you do, don't let anyone go over on the side garden of the house. 
Like we've got the gate shut. It's and like you go over there and it's just a bunch of weeds. It's overgrown. They're like, don't let anyone go over there. So of course, as soon as they leave, the first thing we do is go over there. And they have like six foot tall pot plants like cultivated in this garden space, completely obscured. Like you'd never know unless you were flying over top of it because there was six foot tall weeds on the edges and there's a RV RV in the front and like slatted chain link uh, all around it. Like you would have never known they were there. So funny. Yeah. Right here in Salt Lake Valley, folks. I'm not telling you where. Because I bet they still grow them because his parents are total potheads. So. so you said that was pre your time. Uh, how did you get into the organization? Are you, Jeremy, should, should start from up, the beginning. Yeah. Start from the beginning. Are you from Utah? No. Where are you from? No, I moved here for the skiing. It's oh, a good reason to move to Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you from then? Um, I'm from Yakima, Washington. Oh. It's not too far. Not too far. Great agricultural area. My mom's a farmer. So when did you come to Utah? Uh, 19. The first time was like 1992. And then I moved to Seattle for a couple of years and came back in 96. For the skiing? Then I had a a master's degree and I wanted to get a real job somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And it seemed like a good place. I had ski bummed in Jackson, Wyoming, and this seemed a little more viable for a real job. Yeah. 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 Jackson, you're either a tourist or you're serving tourists. Yes, that is right. (laughs) Or you're independently wealthy. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Like a movie star like Harrison Ford. Since you are obviously independently wealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I end up there? So what's your degree in? It's in environmental health. So this is like the, this is the perfect sort of position for you. It's good. Yeah. And I actually got into the organization, not through gardening, but the organization in 2003 was building a straw bale greenhouse at the Grateful Tomato Garden to, to serve kids and do the education, um, expand that. And so I was, um, in the green building profession and I really wanted to help out. So I volunteered for a week to help out and build this straw bale structure. And then I just sort of fell in love with all that was happening in the garden world in this organization. And I'd always had a garden, but I was really excited about all the kids and the variety of people and, you know, just bringing people together through growing some food. My kids have a community. Well, had they're in they're in college now, but their high school has a, a community garden on its property. Oh, which one? It's Juan Diego. Nice. Yeah. So up in the corner back lot behind the church and stuff, they have a it's pretty big. It's I a mean big community greenhouse. Yeah. And... I mean it's the the kids and, and the stuff mostly cultivate it, but it's meant for the parish and all the people, but it's pretty decent size That's and they fantastic. all volunteer for it, so yeah, it's nice. I imagine it's been pretty incredible to see the fluctuation of people, the type of people that are getting an interest in gardening. And I mean, especially now, people are, you know, urban farming and urban farming tours, which we'll talk about the one that you guys have coming up. But. Yeah, it it is. It's it's um, and I think it's such a great equalizer because, you know, there's such a we have a pretty stratified world here in the United States, mostly by income. And gardening is just hard work and knowledge. (laughs) So it's this, you know, you get a chance to sort of meet all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds, but everybody is, is 
sharing and learning from everyone else on a very equal playing field. So it's mm. it's great. I, I love that. It's just like that book there, the Country Wisdom and Know How <laughs> book that Jeremy got me. <laughs> That's the that actually book. is very is a very good book. That was just Christmas yeah. present. What do you what are you seeing is drawing people like what generally draws people to to gardening that haven't done it before? Because like I would imagine that most of us grew up doing it. Like that's why I do it. That's probably you know yeah. why Jeremy does it. It's not those two for it. sure, but <laughs> yeah, like my grandpa did. Like that's just what we did. I, so. I, I kill living things. My mom the only tried. reason my children are alive is because they got old enough to speak and remind me to feed them. <laughs> my mom tried a garden once and in tilling up the area for the garden, she ripped up the cable lines for the entire neighborhood. Oh boy. We never planted. <laughs> how, how in the world were they that close to the surface? Where was she chilling? That's the question. In our backyard, because we had a main box in our backyard. And they were tilling up uh, for a garden in the area by the box and just shredded all the cable lines. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that that, um, there's a lot of reasons, but I think partially it's, it's that a lot of the land, you know, agriculture is a placeholder in this society. And so they just... You know, all of our orchards are going away and our farmland just keeps getting all of your neighbors who so, used to be farmers are now well, houses. The, the farmers died and the kids instantly sold The kids the were land. like, oh, yeah. you're going to give us how much to not bust our ass on this land? Right. It's not making us that much money. So there's a little bit of, you know, nostalgia for that, thankfully. And there's a group of people that want to, they want to touch the earth, you know. We also run a program with... Uh, women who are currently facing homelessness or single moms in poverty. And, you know, the, the, the healing and therapeutic aspect of coming to our green team farm, which is where we do that. It's on 600 West and first South. And they just, you know, it's a little acre and a half farm, like just West of the gateway. And it's got chickens and roosters and <laughs> it's kind of a, and it's beautiful. And it just, you walk on there and you just feel like, Huh, I I'm I'm I took it down a notch. That's well, so that's cool. so much more healthy for kids because it's so easy to buy the cheap processed food because it is it's cheap, it's processed, it stays, and it's more expensive for them to in the grocery store to go and buy something like that. It's much True. more healthy if they can garden and t- and take some veg- vegetables vegetables home to their yeah. kids and and show them how to do that because. I don't I'm I don't like vegetables. I'm not a big huge vegetable person and I didn't bring my kids up that way, but he loves vegetables and now that we have the garden and stuff, my oldest or my youngest daughter came home and she's like, I need asparagus. I need to I'm like, Who are you? Where did you come from? But now both of my kids both they're more into vegetables or more because he's growing it. He's cooking it for them. And they actually But like fresh it. vegetables are so much better. Like I don't like store bought tomatoes, but I love the tomatoes out of my garden. Yes. There's something Same. about store-bought. And, and then, so it's like good a, for kids. Like you found with your cucumbers, a cucumber out of your garden, what did that last? A week, two weeks? Sitting on the counter? Shit, yeah. like a month. a month. You buy one at the store, two, three days later, it's starting to kind of mold. It's, mold they're, it's because they're rotten. You know, it's because they've already been old. in transit for weeks. So it makes a huge difference when you've got fresh vegetables out of your garden. Yeah, I would agree. It tastes so good. Corn. And what an accomplishment for someone who's maybe already struggling 
Well, like, the prison look garden. what I did. The prison garden. And yes. They're, they're, they're I love their market. program. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and their flowers are so pretty. Best and a, peppers I've ever had. <laughs> beautiful garden, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's it's a fantastic program, I would agree. You, t- you talk about it as therapy. I don't think that's something that people would... You know, you have equine therapy and, you know, art therapy and gardening. That's I that's awesome to think that that is, you know, to walk onto that space and just have that release. Sounds. Yeah, you put your hands in the soil and something happens. I want to say there are studies that show that that's a, oh, that's a thing. I think that's Jeremy's Sunday morning therapy. That is my Sunday thing. I go out in the garden for two or three hours. I work on the chicken coop, whatever. But, yeah, that's my I do the bees smoke my bees, check the bees. So that, that, that's my Sunday morning. Unwind from work and life in general in just a couple of hours to just unplug. And Yeah. So uh, on the, uh, in the vein of, of talking, you know, about how healthy it is for kids, you know, I, I think back to some of the stuff that I think Jamie Oliver has done, uh, mm. especially in the Northeast. You know, it's, it's crazy to see someone go into a classroom of like third and fourth graders and ask them, what something is like a tomato or a head of lettuce or a cucumber and they have no clue what it is because they've never seen an actual vegetable before in their life how what what are some of the what are some of the programs that that you guys do to engage kids can you talk a little bit more about those types of programs sure so we work with kids in the salt lake city school district and you're 100 percent right you can go into a fourth grade class and bring celery in and they haven't eaten celery before or kids have never they seen celery eaten it before crazy. have wow. never tried it never put peanut butter on it because kids can't eat peanut butter anymore <laughs> everybody's cool, allergic yeah. what about cheese whiz hummus cheese whiz yeah. is totally hummus. natural cheese whiz is none all of this natural. sounds good to me people <laughs> but you know celery come on so we we have these little teeny gardens and and they're really designed to be um to be educational spaces. We try to have a digging bed because again, it's sometimes it's just about like putting your hands in the dirt and looking for worms and bugs mm-hmm. and things like that. I got lots of those. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. Um, and some, you know, what we try to do with the lessons is we try to grow the stuff that's going to grow during the school year, which is a little oh. tricky. So it's greens, radishes. We sometimes do beets and we make a really quick little, thing you can make out in the garden so kale and spinach salad with you know some goodies on it and they like it they like it it's super simple we don't make it really complicated and fancy but we we also don't make you eat raw kale because <laughs> that's not a way to get kids to eat vegetables no. that's not a way to get anyone to eat anything <laughs> it, it's true you know you just need something on that kale so so that's that's what we do there. And, and then the summer, we tend to, to keep them as pumpkin beds or potatoes or something that doesn't require a ton of upkeep. Potatoes are easy. Once they start, that's it. Done. And then the kids can dig them. Oh, that's um, a good idea. And we've yeah. made kind of these smashed potatoes with a waffle iron out in the oh, garden, which yeah. are pretty good. Pretty good. Just wash them off and shove some butter and smash yeah. them down. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And it's super easy. Little salt, little, you know. So we try to keep the, the food part, like we want them to try something, but we try to keep it super simple. That's going to be, that, be encouraging for them too. Like I made Look what this. I did. Oh, it's awesome. They love it. 
when we when kids come to the Grateful Tomato Garden, we have a little cute outdoor kitchen there, so we can do different things in that hour lesson. So we'll do really cool, you know, they've made pizza all from scratch. Oh, that's you know, or really they've cool. made sag paneer. Do you make them? Do you make Yum. them? Grind I don't even know how to make sag that's paneer. Amazing. And then fourth that's grade kids from YWCA made you a sag paneer. To, to be fair, that's that's one Indian dish that I need to learn because it's my favorite. And it's, it's so Cassidy, delicious. It's Cassidy's favorite. Yep. But so so when they're making stuff, I mean, so for the pizza, are they grinding the the? They the buy the flour. Yeah. Uh, Dang it. yeah, sorry. No, but they make okay. the sauce. But that's <laughs> they make the cheese. That's that's like they pull their own mozzarella. Yeah. That's really that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We um a cup once or twice a year we we have this property that we've been rezoning that's next to the Grateful Tomato Garden and we bring goats in <laughs> to, mow to mow it. That's awesome. And then we use that as a lesson and it's so awesome. I could hang out and watch the goats for like at the a very day. end of your season we or the very go, beginning guys. of the season. If you've got someone with chickens, bring the chickens. They will till it up, chew it up. And so that's what I do in the, like at the, in the fall. I just let my chickens on my garden for four or five hours. They'll dig the whole thing up. They'll clean the whole thing off. Poop on it. Everything. Clean. And then. Yep. By the way, corn loves chicken poop. It does. Mm. Corn and tomatoes because the high acidity. I so see. I put it in and I put it right back into the garden. <laughs> he's a, he's a also an architect. He's also a green architect. Oh, cool! Oh, that's great. Do you have a straw bale building? <laughs> they wouldn't pass current code, <laughs> but they are cool. They're really cool. I, have you just ever seen? Not to derail everybody again, but the the old Heineken bottles. Did you know they were built the square ones? Do you know what I'm talking about those old square Heineken? Bottles? Oh yeah, they were built to be building blocks in third world countries. Really? So that. Yeah, so dual purpose. So they look like little Lincoln logs, kind of, the way they're shaped. They are made to stack and make buildings out of Oh, that's so cool. Huh. That's a good fact. I want to, so you talk, you have eight properties. Where are each of those? Um, so we have 16 community gardens. <sighs> that's amazing. And because we, I wrote that down and I don't know why I just so are they in all in? <laughs> are they all in Salt Lake County? Salt Lake County. We have a partnership with Salt Lake County. Urban, they have an urban farming program in their parks and open space division, which is oh, cool. really cool. Yeah. Just, just saying. Um, and then we have a partnership with Salt Lake City Parks, and the the city gardens are are tend to be um, easier to fill and get going because it's so dense. Because they don't have space. They don't have space. Yeah, when you live on the third floor, there's not really a garden area. <laughs> no, and you're keen. You want one. So yeah. those are the ones. Do they do bees? Or you, we that... do. Yep, we do. It's again, it's one of those things where you kind of work with the community gardeners. Does anybody have, you know, allergy issues? What, who's, who's going to take care of them? Right. And so it's always a conversation, which is fun. It's democracy of space, right? right. So it doesn't work for everyone. Right. <laughs> but those gardens with bees, I'm, I can tell you are going to do better than the others. Right. Yeah. Because we've had bees for probably six or seven years. Our garden is always... The like, biggest and the mostest. In the neighborhood. So the bees really make a huge difference. They make a the huge point. difference, yeah. Plus they're cool. They're cool. And the honey's a good bonus. And the honey's, and the honey's a great bonus, yeah. Yeah. So you do have beehives on some of your gardens? Yep. Um, not 
a lot of them. But again, if we have someone who has, who's one of the community gardeners, who has the skills and interest and wants to bring a hive in and the, the rest of the gardeners are okay, then for sure. Cool. Yeah. So do they use part of their plot? So like if they're in the middle, I mean, or do you? That's a great question. Usually it goes in a common space. Okay. Um, if you can get them in a little bit of shade, I think they're, they tend to be a little bit happier because it's so hot here. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. I have a, a question and this, it may not, may have not been your garden, but did Wasatch have the garden that was on Ninth South and 2nd West? That yeah. Is now a building. Yeah, that was called the People's Portable Garden. Made me really sad when they got rid of that. Well, it's portable, so it picked up a move somewhere else, right? Is that- and that was always the intent. Um, so the redevelopment agency kind of pitched that as like, oh, well, we've got all these properties around and let's just have temporary gardens. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a great learning experience because, you know, you put all that investment into soil you want to build community you want people to show up and they feel like their garden's going to get closed in a year so they don't invest as much they don't they don't root in and the the garden doesn't become part of the fabric of the neighborhood but we did get to move that about three or four blocks west and we call it the nine line now and it's um ninth south and fifth west seventh seventh further yep there's a bike park there right at the overpass. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a neat yeah. area. Yeah. It's real. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad it got a new home. That makes me feel better. <laughs> and and some of the gardeners came along and some, you know, it can be, that can be a, too far if you yeah. lived right there. So. There's a space on, let's see, it's off of, what is it? Sixth South and Fourth East that I always wonder, it looks like it's a community garden. It's a space between some buildings but it doesn't look like anybody's doing anything with it. Have you? Do you know about that area at all? Um, we have a garden at five fifty South Fourth uh, East. Maybe that's it. And it is a community garden. It's actually the oldest community garden, and it predates Wasatch Community wow. Gardens. Wow! It used so to- it's functioning. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't look all that great a shape <laughs> sometimes I drive past that every single day so sometimes the gardens are a little ragtag depending on you know who's it's gardening really cool there because it's like there's there's very clearly like old homes mm-hmm. and it's just like right it's just a big open space right in the middle of them. yeah that's a that's great cool. garden that's cool mm-hmm. i'll have to pay more attention to it i i drive past it every day so i've gotten used to it i don't really look but and we actually own that one that one's it's a big space it was sold um in 2000 i think it was five or six and the um the uh can't remember an affordable housing developer bought it and then they realized that we wanted it and the home or the property owner hadn't offered it to us and so they let us take you know eight months to raise the money And um and buy it That's from awesome. them and it was a big community effort and, Aww, cool. and fun. I'm glad because I would hate to see that little spot. It's kind of a nice little spot in the middle of everything. Oh, it's have anything in it. Yeah, it's awesome, especially with those two little cool. buildings. You yeah, know, I the think buildings are about super four cool. stories or something. Three or four. Yeah, they're not big. They're just little and clear. You know, people are always parked there, so there are people living there and. 
It's a great, it's pretty big area. It is. The lot is really big. It is. It's a nice garden. Yeah. Do you have problems with with, um, transient homeless people taking food out of the gardens? Yeah. I mean, it... There's a lot of theft. I think it comes from a variety of sources. Um, we don't lock very many of the gardens. And if we're on Salt Lake City property, or I think Salt Lake County as well, we can't. Um, it, sometimes they let us lock them at night now. There's a couple a couple gardens that have a lot of camping. So, um, I would assume the one that Bree was just talking about probably has a fair amount of camping near That there. one we lock... We oh, own it. I, I was just going to say, no, It. I've never seen anybody on there. That's why I was wondering. Because her office active. is like a block away and they have yeah. people camping I'm there. I'm on 4th and 4th, but not the 4th and 4th clinic, but the 4th and 4th on the east fourth side. East and so I. that's why I drive by it uh, every day. Okay. Because I get off the freeway, take 6 South, drive over to 4th East. And then the other garden we have that's right there is 337 South, 4th East. Yeah, I don't quite go And that, that one has a lot of activity. Oh, I bet. There's a vacant building there. It's kind of between um, Crossroads Urban Center and the YWCA. And so that one we have to, you know, just constantly, there's a vacant building. And so that yep. encourages that people to, to set up tent, so tents. How do, and so how do you guys deal with that? Do you just have, you know, constant monitoring of it or is it? Yeah, we try to just uh, approach like bear traps. <laughs> <laughs> and That's people, a little extreme. You dress. know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a super sensitive issue, right? It Cause is. people don't have the money to, to have a place to live. They don't have appropriate su- permanent supportive housing in this country and certainly in this town. And so, you know, people need they need to sleep somewhere. So we try to be just very respectful. Um, we also have um, partners like the homeless services providers that will call on to help us or public safety or, you know, these are all the like the that 337 garden. That's a Salt Lake City Parks property. So we kind of collaborate with them. How would you like us to deal with this? But always respectfully, you know, and the, the theft thing, we have very respectful conversations. Did you know that we have produce baskets, donation baskets in the front, the you picket fences? So, you know, try try to approach people where they're at. And right. um, it, but it is crushing, you know, uh, if somebody's been growing like a melon oh, yeah. and like they've been growing a melon all summer and someone somebody snags it or smashes it yeah that's even worse like to see something yeah i mean like at least if somebody's smashed. gonna take it and eat it you go well that sucks but hopefully somebody enjoyed it but if you just see it smashed yeah we don't see as much of that yeah. i yeah. think like the people that are down there but i know just from working down there the police are actually pretty cool with the people that are camp- like they try and make accommodations so when people have camped literally like in our front door um, they, they say, okay, clear out this area. We will give you a free pass for 24 hours over at the park and we won't bug you. I see. You know? And yep. so they try and, cause we're just on the other side of the police station. And so right by like the library and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that they do a pretty good job of when it's some homeless camp that they're not just like, I'm sure some aren't, but they don't. Just act like dicks and say, hey, get out of here. Then right. they try and help them move along and give them the time. And, and as a business, it's kind of 
frustrating. So I imagine it's the same thing as, you know, if you show up to garden and there's someone sleeping there, it's probably a little bit frustrating, but I feel like they're just kind of used to dealing with that downtown and everybody's kind of got a handle on it. And it's just part of being downtown. Yeah. We, we want to make sure our gardeners feel safe, you know, so, but we also want to live, we live in the world we live in, right? And we have a big societal problem. So we want to try to deal with it with compassion and kindness and try to understand it better and help. Right. <laughs> so you were saying before we started that you are celebrating your 30th anniversary. We are. That is awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting. Are you doing anything special for that? Well, we're having um, a big party at the Union Event Center called Out of Our Gourds for 30 Years. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> October 24th. Mark your calendars. Um, and we're just trying to highlight over the course of the year all of our history. We used to be called Wasatch Fish and Gardens. We did start at Crossroads Urban Center. We were, so our roots are in serving the most vulnerable people in the community with fresh food. But we used to um, go catch carp on Utah Lake and distribute it behind Crossroads because a wow. lot of new immigrants eat carp. That is so awesome. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, Amazing. <laughs> but carp is not very available. And so yeah. immigrants quickly, they can't buy it anywhere. And they start eating what we eat. And so we got, we kind of moved away from that program in the early to mid 90s. Utah Lake's full of carp. It's full of carp. Yeah. It's and full of carp. That's funny because carp and crap are kind of the same. <laughs> it sounds like you're But it letters. sounds like you're mispronouncing it. They are crap. <laughs> They're a little fishy and bony, but you know. And super rough scales, like 15 layers of them. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Um, so, and then, um, our big project, and we won't do it this year, but we're trying to raise lots of money is we bought three properties on 8th South and 6th East next to our existing Grateful Tomato Garden. And we want to expand the educational programming that we offer, do more demonstration gardens and just get more people gardening. So we're pretty excited about that. There's three little houses and we'll move our offices there cool. and we'll be able to kind of be around gardening all the time. Oh, that's really cool. That's really yeah, cool. we're pretty excited about it. It's such a great neighborhood, that Central City neighborhood. The funds from the, like, every, is it every May that you do the vegetable The sale? plant sale, yeah. yeah. And do the, the funds for that go to something like these projects? Is that... Yeah, nice? yep. Like, or, you know, they go to the youth program or they go to the, the Green Team Farm that I was talking about. That's the job training program. Um, you know, we'll just, uh, we get to use those sale. money wherever we need it. So that's it's a great, it's fun. <laughs> so if somebody, so fun. Wa somebody wants to volunteer with your organization, how do they go about doing that? Um, best places through our website. So wasatchgardens.org and they just click on the volunteer tab. What kind of things can people do? Um, we do our events. Like we have the uh, upcoming urban garden farm tour. We just had the plant sale. We need a ton of volunteers for all those kinds of events. So if people want to volunteer, the Urban Garden and Farm Tour is a fun one. If you're a master gardener, usually you can get your hours through our events mm. because you're doing education. Oh, nice. So we love the master gardeners. What is what is the Urban Garden Farm Tour? Oh, it's so cool. This year um, we're focused on kind of the holiday um, area. So we try to pick a 
somewhat contained geographical area. Someday we have to do your area because there's probably cool stuff out there. Lots of cool stuff. Um, And then we try to get about 15 sites that show backyard chickens, bees. Everybody always wants like, how can you garden in a small space? Mm. Um, This year we have Justice House for that. (laughs) <laughs> little teenies, little oh, yeah. teeny. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we have four places that are super close and they're right around 27th South where they have those half acre lots and water rights. So they have some fun mm-hmm. stuff to see there. They they aren't small space gardening necessarily, but it's really neat in the city. Um, and so you can just, you know, it's 10 bucks. You go for four hours and go poke around and talk to people about gardens. It's super fun. And it's, it's focused around food, not, you know, ornamentals. That's not really cool. You need to encourage Rick and Kelly to plant food. No, I, <laughs> they're, they're not ever going to do that. We have friends that live on um, 27th East and well, it's right at the S curve across from the OC Tanner lot. Okay. I don't know what the South is right there. Like right by right off of evergreen. Um, and they have that irrigation water. And I think that they're on a half an acre. Um, but they have like a waterfall. And she probably, she knows exactly how many little trees and stuff she has. But their yard is absolutely beautiful. But it's completely and totally ornamental. See, mine has a, no ornamental. a few flowers, but you can't eat flowers. For their bees. So all of my flower yeah. beds are gardens. I have irises <laughs> and chicks and hens. She has some, you have some lilies. We have, yeah, we've got a few. And then you, most of them are squash. Yeah. Stuff like that, that flower, that are right actually beautiful. Right in the front beautiful. yard. So beautiful. <laughs> Those big so leaves beautiful. are so cool. Yeah, right in my front yard, I've got squash and... Pumpkins. Yeah, in the front yard. Stuff that corn, takes a lot of room. <laughs> corn all along the fence line. Oh, so. we got to get your yard on the tour. <laughs> so fun. He has a really cool little shed thing that green he's chicken converted. Coop. Chicken coop and a greenhouse. And, and a greenhouse. And then <gasps> at one point, I made a... A wind generator, wind to, turbine to run the chicken coop. Oh, that's so cool! So, it, it blew up though. We had a really bad windstorm, and it it blew unfortunately away. came apart. <laughs> but like, but like his his chickens have an automatic water and an automatic feeder Fear. now. Nobody got hurt. No, mm. nobody got hurt. When it well, the trampoline apart. like destroyed their. Oh, fence yeah, the trampoline too. went down the street. That was, <laughs> that was a lost cause. But. <laughs> But he's he's created like his own like feeder and watering system for the chickens, chickens to make life easier for himself. Oh, I love this! Yeah, we I, we got to get your house on the tour. We only go over to help with the bees. I'm not going to help with the chickens. chickens. Uh, I you briefly touched on the youth garden and the school gardens, but you guys have like seven different areas that are part of your organization. You have the AmeriCorps, uh, the Seed Education. Uh, the community gardens, which you talked about, parks, parks for produce and giving. Can you talk about a couple of the other ones that you didn't touch on? <laughs> so parks for produce is part of the community garden program. So it's just, it's the name of the program that we have in partnership with the county. Oh, cool. Um, and giving is, of course, donating to us. Um, what were the, some of the other things? AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps are, um, uh, we get to host three or four AmeriCorps every year. And it's, it, it's a great solution for a nonprofit because they, they don't make a ton of money, but they get experience. So we have youth educators who are AmeriCorps and, and then our green team farm uh, where, where we do the job training, they split one with our community education 
So um, that person helps teach a lot of people how to grow food from a bunch of different backgrounds. So being someone that's been involved in growing food in Utah at a, in a garden space, in a small garden space for a long time, what would you say is the thing that grows the best in the state of Utah? Oh, that's such a great question. Weeds. Um, weeds, weeds grow the best. Yeah, bindweed, right? Sagebrush. Um, I'm trying to think of the thing that, I mean, mint. <laughs> that is too funny. We were just talking about mint. Mint is so tenacious yeah. i would say zucchini zucchini uh i always have really good luck with potatoes here yeah, true We've they're been easy good luck with oh garlic potatoes. garlic's an easy one we have garlic this year yeah um i mean i think we have a pretty good climate for tomatoes it seems like it's late lately it's getting so hot that it's slower because of all the you know the I heat just, makes my tomatoes have been hit and miss hit and miss but zucchini every year. I've never had a problem with zucchini. No. Yeah, that's such a great question. I mean, unless the birds come and use green your onions for the win. <laughs> for the win. <laughs> We're trying Brussels sprouts this year, too. Yeah. Oh, brassicas are hard. Well, aphids well, love them. We have no aphids. Oh. I have like 16 million ladybugs because we had an aphid problem in our rose bushes last year, and I bought a bunch so of So we ladybugs. just dumped a bunch of ladybugs out there. <laughs> They're fantastic. Well, they were awesome. They My just girls loved obliterated them. the aphid population. That's so great. cool. You can get them at IFA and get the package. I'm not sure where you got yours. We, I just ordered mine from Amazon. But you can get them at IFA. IFA you can get them at, at uh, like Western Gardens. Most garden places will have ladybugs. You can get like a thousand of them for uh, pretty cheap. Yeah, such a great thing. It's so cool. The stuff that you learn, like not wanting to use any kind of pesticide on food that you're going to consume yourself. And I'm, I'm, I'm like just... Thinking about that, I'm like, I would never put pesticide on something that I'm going to eat. And then I think about like when I buy stuff at the store, all that shit had pesticide on it. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so I know. wash your fruits and well, vegetables. So, like my neighbors who all spray for weeds, I'm like, I got bees. I'm not spraying. Yeah. They love the they love dandelions. Yes. So I know for like the two or three weeks out of the year, my my yard is a dandelion. Just your backyard, though. Your wife but, cleans up your front yard, but. The bees love them, and then they, then they they go away really quickly. But I don't spray my lawn. I don't spray anything because the, the bees. But but plus, like Chris says, you don't want to put pesticides on something you're gonna. Yeah. Eat. No. <laughs> yeah. I just I think it's a little uh, odd that we make products that are designed to kill living things. Yeah. It's just kind of we'll, weird. And then put on our food. And then, then or we just eat the in food. general. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know? Well, so, we do make guns. That way, so, I know. You know. Hey. I know. Here, here. Oh. <laughs> is, your, is your ring going off? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I don't know. I have, Sorry. I have one more question for you, and then I think we can let you go. We ask everyone that's on <laughs> the show. You think we can let her go? <laughs> we keep coming up with questions. Your hour's up. Get out. <laughs> Just kidding. So we ask everyone that's on the show this. You live in Utah by choice. Clearly, you've been here for a while, and you came back after being here. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone that was visiting the state that they had to do before they left? Oh, such a great question. Um Oh, man. I mean, I think the natural wonders in Utah are just so phenomenal. I mean, just think of like Escalante Grand Staircase and and I mean, you only get to pick one. One. It's like, um, <laughs> it's I'm, tough. I'm trying to think. Um, I, oh, I dear. mean, you came here for the skiing. I did. 
and the powder skiing is great, but, but that's not accessible to everyone. Right. And I think about some of those slot canyons and those slot canyons, they're so cool and unique. And some of them are just walking, you know, like if you go down to Escalante on the hole in the rock road and you go to that peekaboo spooky area, those are just, oh, they're magical, magical places. And everyone should go into a slot canyon in Southern Utah. But not when it's flash flooding. Yes, <laughs> but Jessica. Not. <laughs> we have to give her crap because she went hiking with some friends when it was all rainy and they had a 13-year-old kid with them and then they had to cross back over a lake and she's like, but I survived. And I'm like, yeah, but you might not have. <laughs> it's like up to her butt in with water. With a little kid. With a 13-year-old we kid. We held arms. <laughs> but yeah, you'll just all go down together. They made a human chain during the flash flood because that was going to, I mean, I'll give you It's a credit. bonding experience. I'll give you credit. That was the safest way to be stupid. <laughs> like to live dangerous. So we just give her crap about it because she could have died, and you know, at least she so, didn't. So Ashley, how do people get a hold of you and get a hold of gardens if they want to participate, if they want to help out, if they want to get a plot of land? Great, we would love um, them to go to wasatchgardens.org www.wasatchgardens.org They can call us at three five nine eight zero one three five nine two six five eight and. Anybody can email me. I'm director at wasatchgardens.org. Just stalk her like I did. (laughs) (laughs) If you email enough, she'll come sit in your basement (laughs) and do a fake radio show. (laughs) Well, it it actually started two years ago because um, we have a landscaper friend who is in Ireland that interviewed with Mary Beth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sideshow guy. Uh, Yes. Yeah, he's right there. Peter. He's a... he is a good friend. He and listens. So he listens to our podcast and he tweets. He was to like, us. "You got to get him on." And oh, so, oh, so fun! Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks, thanks, yeah, for, thanks, thanks for, for what you do. Well, thanks again to uh, to Rachel for <laughs> Rachel. Us. Ashley. 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 Why did I say Rachel? I'm sorry, Ashley. I was looking down at my pa- paper to look at her last <laughs> name, Patterson. Episode without calling Almost someone the wrong so name. Close. <sighs> it was really close. Sorry, Ashley. Ashley Patterson. I, Rachel? Executive director. I don't know why. Like, what about Amanda or like at least another Amy? I hope I asked Peter's question accordingly because. Did he have a question for us? Yeah. Yeah. So. Hopefully it was, it was what he wanted. It was one of the questions just asked. <laughs> oh, 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 I have no idea which one. But anyway, thanks, thanks so much for for joining us, um, Sharon. So Sharon, <laughs> just gonna call Sharon. her the other name. <laughs> At least call her like Patty or something, so that it- Esmeralda. I'm sorry, I keep butchering your name. Ashley Patterson. Ashley Patterson. She is the executive director for Wasatch Community Gardens, which I didn't know all the different programs they do, which is really cool. And I didn't realize 16 gardens is pretty impressive. That's cool. Um, Anyway, that's uh, that's going to do it for the night. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Facebook at the New Utah Podcast, Twitter and Instagrams. We always have lots of stuff going on there. At TNU Podcast is the handle for those. Uh, and then our website, as always, is thenewutah.com. Uh, great place to go and find out about things like Grand Staircase Escalante uh, and Wasatch Community Gardens and Planned Parenthood from last week. If you didn't listen to last week's show, shame on you. Go fucking listen. It's a great show. Um, and and if you like what you hear, uh, please share it. If you don't like what you hear, please share it. Please share it and say, God, can you believe how bad these guys are? Because um, that—that's uh, this. This is. Horrible. You don't even have to listen. Just to share. This. 
No, I mean, I would prefer you listen. Well, yeah. Or at least like play. If you, if you set your earbuds down with it playing while you're doing something like gardening. Yeah. No, you don't have to listen to it. Just turn it on, put it on your computer, turn it on, um, share it on on Facebook, walk away, go to work, come back. It'll be done. Download another episode. Play that one. Um, that makes me feel better. 159 to listen to now. So. God, that's a lot of episodes, guys. That's awesome. At some point, we're going to What's two quit. times 159? And we thank everyone that's still listening Fucking because they are. more. 318. 318 hours of listening pleasure. Whoa. Oh, shit. That's what you were doing? Yep. Roughly. Some of them were a little shorter than others. Some are a little longer than others. Also, I wouldn't necessarily say some of the first ones were pleasurable to listen to. <laughs> Although, when we recorded listen, on the we snowball have to start mic. somewhere. Although, I don't, so I don't go back and re-listen because I'm here and I hear it. Um, so I don't, I don't really, really re-listen to them, but I, I did this last one and I've got to give it to you. Your sound quality production stuff. Like I, I'm impressed. So I've listened to some podcasts with you where it's like done by a professional radio station and it sucks. Sounds like they're sitting in a bathroom or just the sound is like up and down and people like somebody's, somebody's in the back. Oh, that's like the- and then somebody's like this. That is the fucking worst. It is not that hard to edit that, and that is the worst. When I'm listening to a podcast and one of the people is so quiet you can barely hear them, or they do an interview and they don't fucking normalize the sound, and so the rest of the podcast is like this. Guess what, though? It's not even podcasts. When I listen to Entertainment Weekly Radio, and they would do one of their segments, it was like once or twice a month. Um, I don't know how they were recording it, but it was like yeah, that it's every time. It was a and I was like, segment. Like, I don't well, understand how you're a professional and can't do it well, right. It's it's like when we listen to the the RSL post game. Like half the time, the the <laughs> interview the the you have a fucking the press aren't mic'd, and so it's like you have a sports radio station. At your fingertips, Deloy Hansen. I know you listen to this fucking show, <laughs> so take heed. You have a professional radio station. I know it's just a stupid-ass AM station, but it's still a professional radio station. Figure the shit out. Well, they, don't been doing mic it for their, they don't mic their press, and so all of a sudden you hear... That's because they're drunk. Not, no, you hear 90%, silence. 90% of the time, here's what, here's what happens. We're going to throw it downstairs for the press conference. Two minutes of dead air because they can't figure like, out we... how to fucking turn on the mic. Then you can hear them talking like, well, okay. shit, what uh, can you hear? It? Well, we can hear it in our headphones. Can they hear it on the radio? I don't know. So you can hear all of that shit. What you can't hear is Mike Petke in the interview. And then they throw it to him and you hear him like halfway through an answer to a question. And then the next question comes and you can't fucking hear the question. So then he's like, yeah, I think that that's exactly what happened. And you're like, what? What happened? happened? You picked your nose on the sideline at the thirtieth minute because you you didn't get to hear the question because there might and and the the sound normalization is just awful between uh, anyway. So anyway, so I you, I want to thank you for making our podcast sound so so good. You're welcome. So I say to all our listeners, please share this podcast. It's very professionally produced by a not <laughs> professional. It's better than RSL's press corps yeah. and, and ESPN 700 radio and a lot of other podcasts that are out there. Apparently Entertainment Weekly fucking sucks too. This is better than all of those. So share it and be like, <laughs> this is how you should fucking yeah, edit your you podcast. You can share a podcast as a learning experience. Yeah. And then you can also say, don't listen to it because the content's terrible, but the, the sound quality <laughs> it's not. is impeccable. <laughs> um, our interviews are always good, but maybe our commentary is maybe a little not so great. 
No, it's fantastic. Everything I do is gold. <laughs> My shit smells like roses. No, no, it does not. <laughs> so again, uh, thanks for listening and enjoy the professional level audio quality this week. And uh, watch some fucking soccer because there's more coming all the next couple of weeks. Fox is airing soccer all over the place. Yeah.